With that, I invite you to stand as you are able as we honor God by standing and we hear God's promise that he has in store for us. Now, there are four accounts of Jesus' life, and we're in the Gospel of Matthew. Now, picture it before we, we get to these key pieces of Scripture. Jesus has had these 12 men following him for a few years, and they have seen some incredible things. They have seen miracles happen, things they can't explain. They've heard Jesus talk again and again and again about the kingdom of God, and how God cares about people that are struggling and they know he's the Messiah. But now he's saying some really hard things, things that they just can't fathom. He talks about what he must face. And we have to hear this as, as followers of him ourselves. So before this, he says something that he must do. This is, this is what he says. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And then Jesus told his disciples, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. Those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So when I was a little boy, three years old, my mom would take me sometimes to the place I hoped for. It was the mall in Big Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. We had to travel 30 miles to get there. But you'd say, we're going shopping, Danny. And I'm like, ah! And we'd get to the mall, and I'd run in. And I would go to, we had one department store that both of us loved. It was called Prangy Way. None of you know what that is, I'm sure. They don't even have them anymore, but it must have been a more localized one. We'd go to Prangy Way, and then we'd go to the toy section, and I'd check out all the Star Wars toys, and it was so fun. But then, inevitably, my mom would say, okay, now we're going to my section, the clothes section. I was not too excited, but then she led me there, and then I realized there's a new game I can play, and it's called Hide Behind the Clothes. It was really fun because I'd be like behind blouses and, and my mom would be trying to find me. She'd be looking at what she was going to wear and then I'd be behind something and then an unsuspecting woman would be looking at the, the blouses and then little Danny would jump out. Ah! Really fun. And then there was one time though, and I still remember this decades later, I hid and I hid too well. I hid inside a whole rack of mom's jeans. Denim all around me. And my mom couldn't find me. And after a while, I, I didn't hear anyone around me. And I peeked out. And I'm, I'm three. And mommy's not there. The game stopped being fun. 
So I, can, I, I still remember this vividly, just calling out for her, like screaming out for her, running and trying to find, going back to the toy section, and, and she wasn't there, and I, and I was freaked out until this nice lady, the, uh, an employee, found me, took me to the front, and over the loudspeakers, I, she asked my name, and then I heard, will the mommy of Danny Dornfeld report to the front? And mom came running, and she hugged me, and I, it was so good for me, I, I can't fathom what she was feeling until a few days ago. We have two little kiddos, Kieran and Savannah. Savannah's in third and Kieran's in first. And their mom called me and she said on Tuesday, she said, uh, my neighbor just stopped by the house and Kieran was there in the middle of the day during school. Now, she lives about a little over a mile from their school. And it, I remember just this mild panic. He's safe, right? He's good. But she said he, he could have been gone. They're not quite sure. It could have been gone a, a few minutes or it could have been up to almost two hours. And I'm like, He's seven. And then it started to dawn on me, like, he crossed the road multiple times. And as a parent, now I realize what my mom felt like. And, and it, it, it didn't make it real. I had to go to the school, and, it, and as soon as I saw him, it was like, he's safe. And I, I just had to, you know, just wrap my arms around him and tell him I love him. I got to tell him that. And that's when, that's when everything else just fell by the wayside. Do you know, do you know this, this is as parents, we love our kids, right? But uh, Kieran is a special little dude. I'm so proud of him. He is so amazing and creative and fun and smart as a whip. And, 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 but he also, I, he cannot go a sentence without saying something about Pokemon. And I love him, but I'm like, please, please, little buddy, you don't have to talk about Pokemon every moment of the day. But you know what? In that moment, it didn't matter. Talk about Pokemon all you want. It didn't matter. You know what else didn't matter? You know the night before, um, he and his sister, they were fighting like cats and dogs. I'm sure none of your kiddos do that at home, but the Dornfelds do. And they were at each other. And you know what? That didn't matter in that moment. What matters is he was safe. You know what else didn't matter? He loves, we have three dogs, and you know what he loves to do? He loves to try to ride one of them, and he tackles them, and he tries, he puts his hand in their mouth, and we're like, don't do that. Don't teach them to bite. That's not good. And that didn't matter at all. What matters is I got another chance to say, I love you. He was safe, and we're together. You ever have those moments in your life where everything else it felt important. It, felt, it, it either annoyed you or was irritable or it felt so important. And then something real happens and it changes everything. It helps you reprioritize to what's really essential. We got that chance as a country in the worst way, didn't we? 18 years ago, last Wednesday. All I have to say is September 11th. And if you were alive, you know, right? You know where you were. You know who you were with. You know exactly what was happened when you, the unimaginable 
happened. And in that moment on September 11th, all that seemed important, the things that riled us up, if people had different political views, or if they didn't dress the part of some of more cowboy outfits, jerseys, and others wore purple. None of that mattered, did it? You know what mattered? That we were together. And in that time, you needed to call people you loved. And I remember, like, there, I was just starting seminary to become a pastor. And I remember when, when I walked into our commons area, there was this guy. He had started school with me, and he was this older Vietnam vet. And honestly, Randy could not, like my little boy can't help a sentence, he can't do a sentence without Pokemon. Randy for somehow cannot have a sentence without a four-letter word. I don't know how he does it. Like I'm like even talking about his faith, like flowery sailor type language comes out of his mouth. And he was scary. He had earrings all over. His head was shaved. Oh my goodness, who does that? He had tattoos all over his arms. Who does that? He had a Harley outside. He was, he was pretty intimidating. And I watched him. I walked in the commons area and there was Randy sobbing, hugging everyone. And with his heart on his sleeve, I heard him saying, how could anyone do this? All the things that intimidated me, they, they, they fell by the wayside. That they did it. And now our world will never be the same, will it? I mean, what was there, what should still be there now is, isn't. There's a big space. And now the silhouette, we, could you imagine? Could you imagine a world that those things don't happen? Well, in that, in that day, there were people, I, I can't imagine the reality they had to face. And there were people on the plains, and they now have records of the calls they would make. There, there were many. I want you just to listen to one of them. And, and, and I want you to realize, what am I making so important today? And what's truly essential? Let's just listen to one of them. His wife, I, I watched her talk about this, and she said how, how incredible it was to hear his voice, to know exactly what he was thinking. And it gave her such comfort because he was talking about there's another place, and I hope to see you there. For her, that meant, that meant everything. And his message, did you realize his, his call to her um, was one of love, right? In the most essential moment of his life, knowing, knowing he wasn't going to get out of this. He gave her a message of love. Now, we as followers of Jesus, I, I think it's so important. We, we make some stuff important that I, that I wonder in the grand scheme of things and in, in God's eyes, are they essential? 
Do you know what? We're Lutheran, and if you are a guest with us, thank you. And whether you, you know it or not, we prescribe to certain things that we think are really important about our faith and about life and about God. And do you know we're just one part of God's family of all of these different denominations in this family? Do you know how many different church bodies there are? Not just Lutheran, but Methodist and Catholic and Baptist and non-denominational and interdenominational and interdenominational, non-denom, intradenom. I made that last one up. Do you know how many, any guesses as to how many different ones? Because there's not just Lutheran, right? There's all kinds of different Lutherans because we said this part of the Bible is more important or you actually don't welcome them and, or you welcome them and we don't want to be a part of that and you believe it in this about communion. We don't. Do you know how many different parts of God's family there are? How many different denominations? Anyone want to guess? How many? Four is a good guess and that's, I named I think more than that, Jason. Thanks. That's really low. Any other guesses? 146, that is a super guess. You're way low. You've got to go way higher. <laughs> more than, your, more than your, all, all of our fingers and toes together. <laughs> 31,000. Different parts of God's family, different denominations, different ways of loving and serving and honoring God different ways of worshiping God. And do you know what? Out of those, it, it, it's really funny that, not funny, tragically, that s many of those 31,000 say we have it right. Some say we really have to dress up and, that, and that's got to be the way. Some, some, can you believe this? Some denominations, even in the Lutheran faith, even in the ELCA like we are, they have robes that their pastors wear. They don't wear bow ties to church. You know that? <laughs> it's crazy. Some, some don't have women as, as clergy. Some um, don't, don't uh, some believe that uh, this is important, that. And, and every single one of them, almost to a fault, says, we have it right. And they don't. But what if, what if we have it wrong? Do you know, out of all of those 31,000 really committed, authentic followers of Jesus. Do you know how many of them have saved someone, have helped them go to heaven? Do you know out of all of those, do you know how many have actually given someone their salvation? Because sometimes when someone, you know, we love, we say, oh, they've lost their religion. But out of those 31,000, I want to show you the number. I want to tell you of how many have actually saved someone Zero. Not the very best church. Because there's only one. There's only one person that has saved everyone, that has made us right with God, that because of his actions, we are able to be with God today and forever. And his name is... Oh my goodness, you're so much better than Wednesday. Because Wednesday night when I said this, they, they, went like, they looked at me and they said... His name is Jesus, and our religion, as great as it is, and all the other ways of our family that love and serve God, they point to Jesus. And I wonder if we are putting 
what's important to us personally in loving and serving God as more important than that message of Jesus. So our, our sermon series, the one we're launching today, is called, I think it's an important one, Losing My Religion. And I am just captured by this, this, uh, this thing that Jesus says to them. He talks about something we have to lose. So we're talking about losing my religion, and I, I think it starts with what Jesus tells us. You want to find life forever? He says it starts and ends with one thing, and this, if you really listen to it, it, it this, is this going to reshape our lives? Let's, let's look at what he has to say. This is crazy, actually. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. And now he goes to the, the essential. Let's look at that. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. So today, uh, what would, who would you give your life for? I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, my little boy, my little girl, I would do anything for them. My wife, I would do anything for Kayla. I, I, would, I would stand in front of a bullet. I, I would do whatever it was. I would give my life. And Jesus is saying, you want to follow me? Follow what I'm going to do on that cross. Pick up your cross. Follow me. If you want to find life forever, you've got to lose it. Now, for many of us, our religion is the thing that we point to. When someone says, like, if someone asks, like, hey, do you go to church? What do we say? I'm Lutheran. <laughs> like, well, how about if we say I'm a follower of Jesus? Or I was Catholic, or I was Baptist. No, no, I'm Lutheran. I'm like, no, I'm a follower of Jesus. So I want to teach you this great word. It's, it's a new word for maybe all of most of you. Um, and it's an ancient word. I want to, it's called adiaphora. Can you repeat after me? Let's say it again. Adiaphora. Adiaphora. It's a fancy word for saying what? What's not essential. What's not important. And in the church, many times for our religion, we say, all this stuff is important. You've you got to go to church a certain amount of time. You have to believe that's going to be the, the answer, and you have, to, you have to dress a certain way, or you have to act a certain way, not just inside, but outside. And, and we have all of these rules that we come up with. You know what Jesus says? I came. I came to give you life. I came because I love you that much, even and especially when you fail. And you don't have it all together. It's called grace. We don't earn it. No, Jesus did it on the cross. So now, now because he did this, now I, we have to reshape our lives and realize, just like when my little boy, when, when I held him for that first time when he'd been lost, when I, when I wondered what, what could have gone wrong, because all of that was in my head, right? None of it mattered. None of it mattered until I got to hold him. And what if Jesus is saying the same thing to you today? He's saying, I know you're struggling. You've got things on your heart, things that you think are really important. But what if Jesus is saying to you right now, right here, Jesus is saying, I just, I just want to wrap you in my arms. I just want you to know you're loved unconditionally. 
And now Jesus wants you to lose the things that you think are essential, and now he wants you to reshape your life and follow him because there are others in our lives that need to know they have a Savior, that they have someone that is so ready to wrap them up, and they're, they're lost. So now what do we do? I want you to, sh- to see this from 9-11. It was a person that was in charge. You, you just have to see what he did on that day. This is what losing our life means. called giving your life. So today with a Savior who loves you so much in the middle of the times, especially when you're lost, broken, feeling afraid, feeling anxious, feeling guilt and shame. Today, I want, I want today to be a new day for us. A day where we have everything strip away. September 11th is such a hard day, but it reshaped us. And today... This is what we also get to celebrate. On September 11th, just a few years after that, four years after that terrible day, on that day, guess what was born? Living Waters. Our congregation. 14 years ago on September 11th, there were so many people here, we didn't, they didn't have chairs. They lined up to the back walls. And God was ready for all of those lost, broken people on this day of all days, on September 11th. God was saying, I, it's a new day. And so today, that's what we're about. We're going to say there's every single day of our lives, the good, the bad, and the hardest moments. And now we get to give our lives because he already did it on that cross. And so I I love that every single night where the towers used to be, this is what's now there. 
we honor what was there and light shines in the darkness. And so living waters, that's what we need to do today to shine in the darkness of the world. God's calling you to shine. Yep, God's calling you to shine in your workplaces. Calling you to give your life, not just doing a job, but helping others, those you work with and those you're called to serve. God is calling you to shine in your families and with your spouse, to serve them, to make sacrifices, to make an impact. And God is calling you in your schools and at at Hornbachers and at the New Sandys. I'm called to shine there, yes. Because there's so many people that are lost and broken and need also to know he's with us. He loves you and them unconditionally. It's a new day. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you so much, even for people that are coming up with Viking shirts. Wow. I know you love Chad. I know you love each one of us. God, help us in this moment to let that what's the things, the, the smaller things in our, in our, in our families, the, the things that irritate us, things that drive us nuts of co-workers and even people in our churches and people in other denominations that they don't have it the right way we do. To help that just fall away. To realize you gave your life for us and now you're calling us. You're calling us to follow you. To truly give our lives in every single way to make you first and to help others know they're yours too. So help us to go out from here to shine our light every single day. And all God's people said, Amen.